steward, and I really don't have much to say about dishonest stewards and dishonest wealth, because it's kind of confusing. But um, for what it's worth, this is day two of a two-and-a-half-day retreat. So, what is that? You're almost halfway there? Something like that? You're halfway there? Or past halfway? I can't do math. Um, but again, like we said at the beginning of Mass, like I'm in the boat. I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm, I'm, I'm in great consolation. This is day two. Like day one is sometimes like a detox day of like, oh my gosh, this is miserable. I hate, like, where's my phone, my watch, and everything else? Or, or all these things that are miserable, and I'm, I can't, ah. And then sometimes day two is like, I don't know, the Holy Spirit takes a turn, and, and, and who knows. So wherever you are, the, the, the moments of consolation, like you love everything that's happening. I love the testimonies, and oh my gosh, this is amazing. And the Holy Spirit just spoke to my heart yesterday, and, and, and I just love every detail of the music and the speaking. And Father, you can talk as long as you want, because I just love every word that you say. <laughs> and, right? I tell myself that every morning. Um, or, you know, it's, you're that retreating there's always a few like and i've been on many retreats like oh my gosh the food's terrible for me or i hate all these rules or where's my watch or the bell's driving me crazy please stop ringing that crazy bell <laughs> or i just hate this sharing thing or the people can't i just do a solitary retreat like i don't like these people or whatever whatever your thing is or the singing we invent our own harmonies and i can't stand that whatever it is just kidding by the way i have to commend our, our musicians because lord knows they're awesome <laughs> I've been many times in front of people singing when I didn't know anything about music. I had to direct, when I was in seminary, I was in charge of music. I have not taken a single music class in my life. <laughs> and on a total tangent, just because I have time to spare, right? Don't I have time to spare? Um, on a total tangent, I remember in, I was in Mexico, in charge of music in Mexico, go figure. I don't speak Spanish at the time. Um, and I intoned a song to the hymn, I intoned the music for mass to the hymn of one song but I started singing the words to another. <laughs> this is really wrong. So, I don't know, the Holy Spirit chooses everyone the way he wants to, and we just give him our talents as best we can, and he blesses it. Anyway, where was I? Totally off that topic. Um, so yeah, detox. But I do want to say, like, as I read the Gospel again, like, there is something to be said for understanding dishonest wealth, or better, I think it's about unstable wealth. Our Lord says, make friends for yourselves with unstable wealth, so that when it fails, and just that one line for me, like, get used to the fact that everything around you is unstable. This life is unstable. This thing that you have, your, your securities, your cell phone, your Xbox, your, your car, your friends, your family, like, as good as it may be, it's unstable. Accustom ourselves to that so that when it fails, Jesus doesn't say if it fails, when it's to, it fails, when it lets you down, when you're stuck somewhere you didn't want to be. Wait, life isn't supposed to do that to me. Well, it does. When it fails, when the church, the humanity of the church, when it fails, you won't be surprised. Make friends for yourselves with an unstable situation that you're really in. The first part of, of, of our retreat, perhaps, you hear testimonies and beautiful experiences of like all that life has to offer us. And all of a sudden there's these curveballs, there's these moments of challenge, of struggle, of unexpected things. And I'm just kind of, it's thrown in my face that this world is unstable. 
that my life is unstable. And I perhaps have a growing distaste for mammon. When Jesus says you can't serve God or mammon, you can't serve God or this world. The whole gospel is a back and forth between things that are unstable, dishonest, earthly, someone else entrusted to you, or things that are stable, eternal, things that are ultimately going to be yours. And this first part is, is like a test. Can I get through the unstable? Can I realize that mammon and earthly stuff is not dependable? And do I have perhaps a growing distaste looking back on my life for the ways I over-depend upon unstable things, earthly things? And am I growing in a thirst, therefore, for something more? A sure anchor. Listen to St. Paul. I have learned the secret. In whatever situation I find myself to live in humble circumstances or greatness, to live with abundance or in need. I have the strength for all these things. Not through myself, much less through my money or even my career or people's opinions of me. I have the strength to go steadfast and steady through all these things, through him who strengthens me, him who empowers me. There's a secret, St. Paul says. And when I learned the, the, a healthy distaste for earthly, unstable things of this world, I'm opening myself up to a deeper security. Remember, insurance, right? I love that phrase, in life insurance. The only thing about life insurance, it tells you that you're going to die and someone else gets your money. That's life insurance. There's a real insurance that is stable. After day one on a retreat, sometimes you're asking yourself, you're being challenged to ask, whom will I serve? What will guide my life? Is there a sure rudder, a sure thing that I can hold on to? Of course, we know the answer is what? It's Jesus. Jesus is the answer. But no, really, like, really. What does that look like? What's it going to look like for me? Can I do it? Sometimes in the middle of the retreat, there's this, like, yes, I know, I'm, I'm getting it. I sort of think... Maybe I did live a certain way before and I need to change a few things. Maybe when I got here and the, the reaction I had when I had to turn in my watch or my cell phone, like, oh my gosh, that was a crazy reaction. Allison Swayze. That was a crazy, just kidding. That was a <laughs> crazy reaction of revealing something about me and my attachments, my need and neediness. Or ways I live at home, the way of my calendar, my priorities at home the way I spend my time. I'm aware, perhaps, hopefully. Sometimes my negative feelings on a retreat, I mean, they're hard sometimes, but they also sort of reveal. Maybe there's something in me that's not okay. And the first step is just to see it. Our Lord wants me to see it. Not that I can fix it right away, I'm just, just becoming aware. And sometimes in the retreat, in the middle, there's, there's kind of this like, well, I'm seeing it, but I don't know, will I be able to? Can I? How, how do I make this change? How do I go where it seems that God's calling me to go? If there's something I need to let go of, can I let go of that? Whether it's an external thing or an internal thing. How do I do that? Will I have, will I have enough? Will I be enough? Will God be enough? And there's sort of an anxiety phase, I think, in, in life and in retreats of, of the middle, this limbo, like yes but no. Yes, Lord, but, and you're stuck, and you're frustrated, and you're like, I just, 
Lord, just shut up. I'm tired of listening. Father, can you take me home now? Um, there can be that anxiety, this limbo moment of like, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I know I need, but I don't want. Well, I kind of want, but I don't want. Lord, help me to want. We ask St. Paul to teach us that secret of going through all this stuff. Going through things and, and seeing the right order of things, the things that are stable and lasting, and, and things of God and heaven, and things that are not, and things I need to let go of. And in a retreat, like to, to pass through, in retreat in life, pass through these moments of consolation or desolation without secret stability. St. Paul, teach me that stability. Wait, I have to share? I have to like speak in public? Like Danielle has to say two words? Like, oh my, she said a few words. Like, oh, how do I do that? Well, God gives the strength. I mean, he just, he just asks that you take one baby step. One tiny baby step. Don't listen to the enemy in our head saying, like, he often, I do feel like he works with abstractions and in generalizations. Like, you think about the future in this new way of life, like, oh my gosh, the future's going to be like this total thing of, of I don't know what, and giving up all these things, and, and just living a miserable life trying to follow Jesus. I could never do that. Stop. You're, not, you're, in the, you're totally in this abstract future. It doesn't exist. The enemy can keep you there. Or sometimes, in our, especially after confession, maybe, I don't know, see, he throws in that whole, your whole past. Like, your whole past has been this or that or terrible or whatever. It's like, stop. Your whole past is now in God's hands. It doesn't matter. Stop thinking about it. Whatever your whole past, that abstract notion is. There's been some bad moments and some great moments in your past. Your feelings can be all over the place. Acknowledge them and let them go their way. I was going to say... Um, a virtue to hold on to when you feel or experience in some way our Lord inviting you somewhere into the unknown. It's like, where's the Randy, right? Randy said that. Randy, that was great. Into the unknown. Where am I going? I don't even know where I'm going. Like, that's God, people. That's how He works. The, a virtue I want to focus on is, is um, nearsightedness. Nearsighted. Like, the far sighted, we're the planners, right? I didn't know what's happening in two weeks, so I can plan ahead. Lord, I want to follow you, but just tell me every detail of what's involved. I, I'll do it, but just tell me ahead of time, because I want to be ready. One of the things I like about a retreat like this is that you're forced to be nearsighted. You're forced to, I don't even know what time it is. Lord, whatever you want for me right now, I'll take it. Right now. In the moment. Nearsighted. I can't see what's going to happen in two weeks, so it doesn't matter. It might change 30 times before two weeks is up. But I can see right now what you want me to do. And so I choose to do the next right thing. Nearsighted. That song is beautiful. This is all frozen too, I'm sorry. But um, doing the next thing, I can't see anything in the darkness. I can't see in desolation. I can't see when my mind is focused on all the negative things, all the bad stuff, all the impossibilities of following Jesus Christ in a real way. I can't well, just, just do the next one. Right now, I'm, I'm at Mass, so I'm fully at Mass. Later today, I'm eating lunch, and it's something I don't like. So I'll eat a little bit of it and say, Jesus, I love you. Ugh, this french fry tastes disgusting. Or it's hanging out with somebody I don't want to hang out with. They're just not my peeps. They're not my groupies. Well, just it's all of 45 minutes. Embrace the next thing.
nearsighted. Our Blessed Mother, who we honor today, this Saturday, our Lord, through the angel Gabriel, shared an invitation to her, right? All these promises, right? Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee, etc. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and bear a son and shall name him Jesus, etc. And it goes through the story and she says, well, how can this be? That one question, how can this be? And she doesn't ask it in a cynical way like Zechariah. How can this be? I'm 75 years old. She just says, what do you want me to do? How can this be? How can I go about this? You will conceive and bear a son. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. So that the one to be born of you will be called the Messiah, whatever, the Son of God. So I'm getting my Luke quotes wrong. But anyway, she doesn't then go on to say, well, you know what, can you give me a day and I'll think about it? Let me look at my calendar and get back to you. Like our Blessed Mother is just so, so nearsighted, that's all she needed. I mean, sure, she probably could have benefited from knowing. Did he mention the crucifixion, by the way? Oh, no, he kind of skipped that part. Yeah, your son's going to die in, your, in front of you. You're going to hold him in your arms. No, that wasn't mentioned. And it was okay for her. Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to your word. I need nothing else. Nearsighted. Just tell me what I need right now. Give me supply for what I need right now. I know you will. I don't feel it. I feel the opposite. I'm going to give a homily and I don't even know where my notes are. Here goes nothing. Sorry, that's my, half my life, by the way. But I do know that anything else besides you, Lord, is pretty unstable. So I'm going to let go of that. And just give me what I need and tell me what to do right now. Or, since I can't hear you, I'm just going to open my mouth because it's my turn to say something. And whatever comes out in this sharing moment of sharing what other people said, here goes nothing. Good job, Daniel. Here goes nothing. Lord, I'm here. I don't know why I'm here. I'm here because at some point you led me here. That's all I know. You've shown me two, two or three things that you want me to get out of this. You, I'm, I'm working on a, a direction, a new direction. Or you've shown me nothing that I can understand. I don't even, like, it was funny, some of the guys who left the retreat, like, two weeks later, like, I still don't know why I went on that retreat. I still don't know what God wanted me to get out of that retreat. That's okay. A year later, actually, one of them shared, now I know why I went on that retreat. A year? Really, Lord? A year later. I don't know, but... Um, I'm here today because, Lord, you called me here, nearsighted. I'm here in this hour, and I give this hour to you. I stay focused for this next 10 minutes, because I want to give this next 10 minutes to you. I don't know what about after that. I'm going to do my best, but right now, behold, I am your servant, the handmaid of the Lord. Whatever you want to happen to me in the next 10 minutes, the next hour, the next two hours, the next 10 hours, I'll just take it hour by hour. St. Peter walked on water, and I kind of picture that as him struggling to get out of the boat. And he's got one foot in the boat, hand, two hands on the boat, and he sticks one foot onto the water, tiptoe first. <laughs> oh my gosh, what? And then all of a sudden, his one hand's off, he's reaching out towards Jesus, and he's got the other foot out of the boat, microphone. It's just like, how far did he walk? I don't know. But he did it one step at a time. 
And as long as he did it one step at a time, with his eyes fixed on Jesus, he could take another step. And before he knew it, he'd walked 5, 10, 15 steps away from the boat. And some of us, if we look at what God has done in our lives, the boat's 20 miles behind me, and I've been walking on water, one step at a time. I don't know how you're going to, how am I going to raise this kid? How am I going to raise this other kid? How am I going to raise these three kids? I don't know. How are we going to get through this challenging moment in my marriage, in my family, in my faith life? I don't know. One step at a time. Lord, you called me. Here I am. I'm going to give you what I can in this one moment, nearsighted. You called me. There's this prayer of St. Ignatius, and I'll leave off with this. It's something like, Lord, I don't know. I want whatever you want because you want it, the way you want it, for as long as you want it. And that's all I want. Or help me to want only what you want. Only the way you want it. Only because you want it. Only for as long as you want it. And when there's a change, I'm good. Because I just want you. The Litany of Humility, if you, if you Google the Litany of Humility, it, um, it's not so much about humility. It's about, Lord, may you be my all. May you be everything. So that all those other things that have so much sway normally in my mind and my heart, so many pressures that I try to give into of comparing with others or being better than others or being recognized by others or whatever. Lord, just would you be enough for me? Help me to understand the secret of St. Paul to get through the consolations and the desolations, the moments of abundance and the moments of need, the moments when everything's going great and the moments when nothing's going well. Lord, you be my all and help me to do this next right thing, whatever it is you're asking. And I know Despite everything that the devil is whispering or yelling in my head, I know that you will supply for the next step over the waters. Amen? Amen. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, pray for us.